Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Second Peter chapter 1. Reading from verse number 1, the Bible says, Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faiths, with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God our Lord Jesus Christ, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through loss. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fail. This verse of the scripture is going to serve as a basis of, of what our conversation will be. And from this verse of scripture that we've read, I want to call your attention to certain things. The first thing I want to call your attention to is the source of our faith. Peter is saying that our faith is from God and from our Lord Jesus Christ. He introduced himself to the church and he was saying that I, Peter, a servant and apostle of our Lord Jesus Christ, to all those people who have obtained like precious faith. And that faith comes through righteousness of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing I want you to notice is that I want you to notice the increase in life. Your increase in life. Peter is saying that your increase in your walk with God is a function of your knowledge of God. It is a function of how well you know God. In other words, if you are going to walk with God, if you are going to enhance your walk with God, if you are going to enhance your relationship with God, it's a function of how well you know that particular God. It's the same thing with the way you are dealing with an individual. If you want your relationship with an individual to become stronger, to become tighter, to become more intimate, it's a function of how well you know the person. So Peter is saying, increasing our work with God is a function of our knowledge of the Almighty God. Number three, Peter is saying, your ability to access the good things of life, your ability to be able to access all the godly things that God has made available for you, is also a function of your knowledge of the Almighty God. Look at verse number three. He said, according to his divine power, had given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. 
through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. In other words, it is your knowledge of God that gives you access to good life, that gives you access to godliness. It is how well you know God that those things should be seen in your life. Number four, Peter is saying that your access to the precious promises of God is also based on your knowledge of the Almighty God. In other words, your divine nature, how you begin to develop the character of God is also based on how well you know your God. Then in verse number 5, 2 Peter chapter 1, Peter is telling us that for you to preserve your access to God, for you to preserve your increase, for you to preserve whatever blessing God has given unto you, you require diligence. Look at verse number 5. He said, besides all these, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. In other words, the Lord Almighty is saying, if you are going to preserve your relationship with me, if you are going to continue to enhance your walk with me, he said, I need you to be diligent as you walk with me. And then, in other words, Peter is saying, preserving anything that God gives you, any blessing that you receive from the Almighty Lord, it depends on your ability to walk at it. Depends on your ability to be able to keep it. Preservation, Peter is saying, is a function of diligence. And then finally, number five, from that passage of scripture, Peter is saying that to continue to enjoy the blessings of God, to continue to remain on top, to continue to sustain your level of command, you must continue to engage in the process called self-improvement. You cannot sit down in the same spot and expect that God will continue to increase his blessings upon you. The Bible says, add to your faith. In verse number 10, it says, Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if this thing be with you, you shall never fail. As long as you take the time to build up yourself, as long as you take time to act to your faith, you add love to your faith, you add diligence to your faith, you add perseverance to your faith, he said that you are improving yourself. And as you keep improving yourself, he said you shall never fail. But if you keep quiet and you stay on the same spot, you are not doing anything to enhance yourself, then the chances of you remaining on top becomes very slim. Peter is saying, according to God's grace, and the blessings of God, he said, accessing God's grace and the blessings of God is one thing. But keeping that particular grace is another thing. Moving up is one thing. Staying up is a different story. Peter is saying, the believer who wants to continue to stay up, the believer who wants to continue to remain on top, he said, that believer must diligently add to his faith. You must diligently continue to improve yourself. I want you to look at verse number 5 again. Of that first Peter chapter 1. In verse number 5 the Bible says. Besides this. Giving all diligence. Make sure you add to your faith. Virtue. Make sure you add to your virtue. Knowledge. Make sure you add to your knowledge. Temperance. Make sure you add to temperance. Patience. Make sure you add to patience. Godliness. Make sure you add to godliness. Brotherly kindness. Make sure you add to brotherly kindness. Love. Which is called charity. The Lord is saying, you cannot say, I believe in God and stay there. It is not enough to say, I believe in God and stay there. Peter is saying, when you say you believe in God, God takes you from the level where you are, takes you to a particular level. He said, but for you to continue to enjoy that particular level and to move up, he said, you have to add to it. I believe in God, I believe in God is not enough. He said, you must learn how to add virtue, add virtue to your faith. Then as you add virtue to your faith, he said, then add knowledge. Study about the Lord. 
know more about the God that you are serving. He said, the more you know more about the God, you find that you begin to start going up. Then as you add temperance, as you add patience, as you add godliness, your level keeps rising. And then he said, you add brother love. You sum everything up with love. And the question is why? Why is Peter telling us to continue to do that? Why do you need to add to your virtue? Why do you need to add to your faith virtue? Why do you need to add knowledge? Why do you need to add self-control? Why do you need to add patience? Perseverance. In other words, why must you engage in the process of self-improvement? Why must you improve yourself? Let's look at now verse number 8 of First Peter chapter 1. The Bible says, if these things be in you. In other words, all the virtue that Peter has talked about. All the things Peter says you should add to your life. He said, if these things be in you and they abound. It is not just enough to say, okay, I've added virtue. I've added love. I've added patience. He said, if these things be in you, that means you have added those qualities in your life and they abound. That means they are functioning. You are actively practicing patience. You are actively practicing love. You are actively knowing more about God. If these things be in you and they abound, say, look at what will happen to you. He said, they make sure that you are neither barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of God. In other words, the more you add to your faith, the more you practice it, the more you show love, the more you are more patient, the more you show temperance, the more you do all these things. He said that you are not going to be barren. In other words, your life will begin to produce results. Your life will begin to show the testimony of somebody who has these qualities in their life. He said you will neither be barren nor unfruitful. In other words, everything you do, there will be productivity in your life because of the knowledge of Christ that is now operating in your life. Now look at verse number 9. He now said, he said, but if these things are not there, in other words, if you just say, I believe in God and you stay there, you are not improving. You are not growing. You are not maturing. You are not improving yourself. He said, but he that lack these things, he said, that person is blind. That's why people think that when you pray, you don't get answers. That's why they think that the church is not producing results. Because you are not taking the things that God is saying. You are not acting upon them. He said, but he that lacked this thing is blind and cannot see afar off. And has forgotten that he has been purged from his old ways. So he said, it's not enough for you to say, I believe in God and that's the end of the story. Believe in God, he said, you are supposed to add some things to your life. You are supposed to continue to grow. You are supposed to continue to have certain things manifest in your life. Because when you do, your life becomes productive. But when you don't, your life becomes not productive. Then look at verse number 10. He said, wherefore rather, brethren, give diligence. In other words, walk at this stage. To make your calling and election sure. God has invited you to the table. It is now left for you to take the fork and the knife and start digging in and eating. He is not going to force feed you. But Peter is saying, he said, give diligence. That's pay attention to make sure that the invitation that God has given to you, the house that he has opened the door for you, the table that he has prepared for you because of the death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ, he said, make sure that your calling and election is sure. For if you do these things, he says, you shall never fall. Because if you add patience to your life, he says, you will never fall. If you add, increase your knowledge of God, you will never fall. If you add virtue to your life, you will never fall. If you put temperance, you will never fall. If you add the love of God, you will never fall. He said, if these things, if you do these things, if you continue to improve on these things, if you continue to develop yourself in these things, you shall never fall. In other words, if you engage yourself 
in self-improvement, he said you will stay on top. If you engage yourself in self-improvement, you will never fall. You engage in self-improvement, he said you will extend your shelf life. And what does that mean by extending your shelf life? Extending your shelf life, you know there are times when, when there were some people who were raining. And then all of a sudden nobody hears about them anymore. Because whatever they are selling is no longer selling. And so people forget about them. But Peter is saying in this word of God, he's saying that if you want to continue to remain relevant, if you want to continue to remain on the shelf, you want to be a person that continues to be referenced, he said, make sure you continue to improve yourself. Make sure you continue to get better. Make sure you continue to renew your knowledge. Make sure you continue to stay current. He said, because when you engage in self-improvement, you extend your shelf life so that you do not expire. You don't become a story of the past. You have to improve yourself. You have to stay current. You have to continue to grow for you to extend your shelf life so that you do not expire. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Another reason why you must continue to grow. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, reading from verse number 11. The Bible says that when your goods increase, they increase that eat them. Many of us from Africa will know. The day you become rich, even here in America, the day you become rich, that's when you will know your uncle that you never knew before. That's when you will know your cousins that were in your forefathers, you know, people. Everybody will start showing up. The day that you become rich. The Bible says that when goods increase, they increase that eat them. In other words, as soon as you increase your level financially, as soon as you get into a place where you become prominent, all sorts of people shows up. The people that you will support. The people that you begin to support. When you increase socially, when you increase mentally, when you increase economically, a lot of people are now going to be deriving their livelihood on you. A lot of people will be depending on you. Now, if you crash because you are not able to maintain your new level, what happens? A lot of people will crash also. There are so many people who are depending on you. A lot of people who are trusting you. A lot of people are looking at your hand. Can you imagine the people that start big businesses? If the business should collapse or go bankrupt, you know how many people will lose their lives? A lot of people will lose their lives. And that is why when you close a business, it's not just the people who are employed in that business that lose their job. The people who depend on the people who are working on that business lose their job. The people who depend on those ones also lose their job. And that's why if you close a business in a city, sometimes the city go under. Because a lot of people depend on it. That's why the Bible says when goods increase, they increase that eat them. A lot of people are depending on you. Now, if you crash, those people will crash. The question then becomes, how do you make sure that you remain on top so that the people who depend on you do not crash? How do you do it? You as a as the head of a family, you know that because you have a job, that's how you are able to sustain your family. The minute you lose that job, what happened? Your family is in trouble. The head of a church, you are, you are leading the people and you are moving the ministry forward. You are ministering the word of God. The day you stop keeping yourself, the ministry will begin to suffer because the people are no longer fed the word of God. How do you make sure you remain on top so that the people who depend on you are not left hanging? How do you do it? How do you sustain your level of command so that you continue to remain on top and keep supporting the people that depend on you? How do you do it? How do you maintain your level of command? You do so by engaging in what is called self-improvement. You cannot stay on the same level. You cannot remain on the same level. If you remain on the same level, you will soon crash. Because what takes you up is not what keeps you there. You do so by constantly increasing your capacity to deliver the required results. You do so by developing yourself and you extend your shelf life so that you do not continue to 
do what you're doing. You must continue to increase yourself. In Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, reading from verse number 40, the Bible tells us, it said the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. This is talking about our Lord Jesus Christ. He said the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. I want you, if you are opening your Bible, just keep your fingers there and go to verse number 52 of the same chapter. Verse number 52, the Bible tells us, it said, and Jesus increased with wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and in favor with man. I want you to notice those two verses of scriptures. In verse number 40, the Bible says Jesus grew and became strong. In verse number 52, the Bible says, and Jesus increased. That tells us, number one, Jesus was deliberate and conscious in his practice of self-improvement. In other words, Jesus was not stagnant. The Bible says he grew and became strong in verse 40, and then he increased in verse number 52. Jesus grew, and then he increased. He grew, and then he increased. You must understand that you need to grow first before you can increase. A man who tries to increase before growing is looking for trouble. You must increase to be on top. You cannot arrive at the top in overnight. If you arrive at the top overnight, you will go back down the same way you came up very quickly. Jesus grew, and then he increased. You must increase to get to the top. You must increase to remain at the top. Jesus understood that as your result in life begins to grow, as your result in life begins to increase, you must increase your resources and the depth of your understanding for you to continue to remain there. It is not possible for you to be at the top and continue to operate at the knowledge of somebody at the bottom. It is not possible. Many of us who went through school, went through elementary, went to high school, went to college, you will find out that as you go higher, your level of understanding increases. The resources that you need increases. Bible makes us to understand that as your level increases, so must your resources and the depth of your understanding if you are going to remain there. That's why a lot of people drop out of college. Because they cannot maintain that level of resources. They cannot maintain the depth that requires them to be in that place. As you grow, what you find is that your debt and your resources must increase. That's why Jesus Christ diligently worked at growing in grace and increasing in wisdom. But the question then now becomes, how did Jesus Christ do it? How did our Lord sustain his level of command so that he could continue to grow and increase in stature and remain on top? How did Jesus Christ do it? Let's advance to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, reading from verse number 42, the Bible tells us there, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feasts. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. Supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. So it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Verse 47, And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answer. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why do you seek me? Do you not know I must be about my father's business? Hold your place in that verse of the scripture and go to verse number 16 of that verse of Luke chapter 4. 
Verse number 16. The Bible says that, and he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Now, from these verses of scripture, you will see number one. How did Jesus maintain his level? How did he continue to improve himself? The first thing you will see is that Jesus had a habit of spending time in the temple. At the age of 12, the Bible says that he left the company and stayed in the temple. In Luke 14 verse 16, the Bible says that when he came into Nazareth where he has been brought up, as his custom was. That is what he does regularly. That is what he does all the time. So Jesus maintained his level of command, number one, by spending time in the temple. Number two, by spending time in the word of God. The Bible says he stood up to read. That's what he does all the time. He's been doing it since the age of 12. And he's still doing it now that he is in ministry. Number three, he remained on top by spending time learning the word. The Bible said that he went into the devil and he was sitting down listening to the teachers. Asking them questions. This was how he lived his life. But the question still remains. How did Jesus sustain his level of command so that he could continue to remain on top? Jesus did it, number one, through what we call a disciplined routine. A disciplined routine. When he wake up in the morning, he knew what he was supposed to do. In the afternoon, he knew what he was supposed to do. At night, he knew what he was supposed to do. He had a faithful routine. Jesus sustained his level of command by doing things that enhanced his mission. The question is, what do you do on a daily basis? If we chart your calendar for a day, chart your calendar for a week, chart your calendar for a month, are we going to see a pattern of what you do? And many of us begin to wonder, we say, I don't know why I'm not moving in this particular direction. But look at what you do every day. It will tell you where you are going to end up. It was not a surprise that Jesus Christ became a master and delivered the word of God with authority because he had what is called a disciplined routine. He had a very disciplined routine. Number two, he had a very determined focus. Jesus Christ did not deviate from his focus. He knew what he wanted out of life. And he pursued that particular thing. He knew that he had to maintain a close contact with his father if he was going to fulfill his mission on earth. And he stayed determined. He had a determined focus. Number two, he had a very selective environment. Jesus Christ did not just go everywhere. He went only to the place where his mission would be accomplished. He hung out with the people that will help him accomplish his desire. Who are the people that we're hanging out with? What kind of environment do we create for ourselves? What kind of place do we make available for ourselves? Because as long as you create a conducive environment for yourself, you will find out that your mission becomes very easy to accomplish. But when you stay in a very negative environment, when you stay in an environment that kills your spirit, you will find out that it's very difficult for you to elevate yourself. When you stay in an environment where people keep telling you you are not going to make it, people who do this never make it. When you stay in a depressing environment, you can never move forward. But Jesus was very selective in his environment. That was how he was able to maintain it. But most importantly, Jesus sustained his level of command by diligently improving himself. When he was preaching, the Bible says that people say, what manner of man is this? He says, see that he spoke with such authority. The reason is because he took the time to develop himself. When you develop yourself to the level the Bible says, see a man that is diligent in his work. He says, he will not stand before ordinary men. He will stand before kings. 
Jesus was able to continue to stand and to deliver with authority because he developed himself. He grew. He was the son of man. He was an embodiment of the spirit of God, but yet he kept on developing himself, kept on growing. Every morning he will still go to the Father to receive instruction. Every day he keeps on praying. He keeps on studying. Paul the apostle was somebody like that also. He was a law professor, a Pharisee by excellence. And yet when he was speaking to Timothy, he said, bring my notes and the parchments. Which means he kept on studying. He kept on improving. Jesus remained on top of his game because he was diligent in self-improvement. The question is, what is self-improvement? What is self-improvement? Self-improvement is the improvement of one's knowledge or one's character by your own efforts, not somebody doing it for you. You develop yourself, you develop your character, you develop every department of your life by your own effort. It is the quest to make yourself better in every facet of your life. You look at your life and you say, this area, I want to make it better. This area, I want to get better. In Proverbs chapter 4, reading from verse number 18, the Bible says, The path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more unto a perfect day. The verse is telling us that the light of a path of a man of God, somebody who is properly aligned with God, is that particular person, their light is getting better. Every day you see them, they are getting better. The person who is properly following the Lord, their path always gets better. These people always get better. Their life always gets better. And the question is why? Why is their life always getting better? The reason is because they are righteous. That's number one. Number two, they align themselves properly with the Almighty God. They are not fighting God. They are not arguing with God. They are not disobeying God. Their life is getting better because they build their life on the word of God. The word of God says, do this and they do it. Number four, their life is better because they are in constant communion with the Almighty God. And this is the foundation if you want to improve yourself. The foundation of self-improvement is the Almighty God. And why is that? Why is the foundation of of any development that you are going to have in your life upon the Lord? The foundation is because our God is our rock. Psalm 18 verse 2 said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. When you build upon the rock, it's easy for you to improve. But when you build on a shallow ground, you are going to sink. So the foundation of anything that you want to do to improve yourself is upon the Lord. Number two, the Lord is the foundation of self-improvement because our God is our identity. Without Christ, you are nothing. Without Christ, I am nothing. For in him we live and we move. That is Acts chapter 17, verse 28. Number three, the foundation of self-improvement is the Lord because the Lord gives us our purpose in life. He said, he who has saved us and has called us according to his own purpose. There's a reason why he called you. And for you to fulfill that reason, you have to develop yourself. That's the foundation. And then number four, the Lord is our foundation because it is the Lord himself that gives us meaning. The Bible says, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is the son of man that you visit him? He said, you gave him dominion. You gave him power. You make him a little lower than the angels. You gave his life meaning. And if you are going to improve yourself, you must understand that it is through God that you can begin to improve yourself. And then finally, The Lord is our foundation of self-development because the Lord defines our destiny. The future that he has given to us, he defines it. He has raised us together with Christ Jesus to sit together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That is the destiny that he has for all his children. That's why Jesus Christ said in John chapter 5, in verse number 30, he said, I can of my own do nothing. 
As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is judged. Because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. In other words, the Father is the foundation. If you don't have that foundation, self-development is not going to leave you anything. There are people who are rich and they are sorrowful. There are people who are smart and they are miserable. There are people who think they have accomplished everything in life. But yet you find out that their life is empty. Why? Because they are missing the very foundation of self-development. You can improve anything if you have not built on the rock. You are just wasting your time. All through the life of our Lord Jesus Christ and his ministry, you found that he began to develop himself so that he got so good at knowing the will of God for him so that he can fulfill it. The question then becomes, how do you as an individual develop your life so that you can become the person that God wants you to be? Why must you as an individual develop yourself? That's the question. Why must you develop yourself? For you to increase your odds of getting the job that you desire, for you to increase your odds of becoming a success, you have to do what? Invest in yourself. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.